Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts, innovators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Grace Duffy. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media. Today, we are joined by Desiree Martinez. And we're talking all about content marketing. We're covering strategies for simplifying and streamlining your content plans for 2022. And sharing tools for generating ideas for creating the most engaging content for particular audiences. We're also going to be talking about video marketing updates. Desiree is an expert video creator and YouTuber, so we are excited to have her insights on what you need to know to drive your video marketing initiatives forward in 2022. Desiree, thank you so much for being on the show today. Excited to have you here. I am excited to be here and to talk about all of the things that we nerd out about. That's right. We do nerd (laughs) out about this stuff. Yeah. So if you don't know who Desiree Martinez is, you really should. She is an energetic video creator, YouTuber, and award-winning social media consultant. And she's also a really, really good speaker. She speaks about all things video and content marketing. She is well-known for her step-by-step plans to help companies, brands, and solopreneurs take actionable steps towards successful content marketing that grows businesses. Her credentials include being a social media examiner contributor. She's a founder of Social Media Day Phoenix, which has been officially proclaimed a day in the state of Arizona. How cool is that? She's formerly a social media producer for CBS 5 in Phoenix, and she's hostess of the Women of YouTube podcast. She's also author of the book, Start, Suck, Get Better, which I think is a great title. And if you want to get that book, it is right down below on the Amazon carousel if you're over watching on Amazon. So make sure to check that out. Desiree, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. I love that I get to be here. I love that you're doing this on Amazon, too. It's my first amazon live stream so oh, there you up. go how cool is that yeah check out her book right <laughs> down below you can, you can see it. i'm gonna yeah. highlight it right now go ahead grace hopefully not your last amazon right. exactly. creator video no. hopefully we hopefully we get you hooked into it because it's been amazing like jeff sets it up and it's just like boop, we just go there and it's it's been really wonderful yeah, yeah. i want to i never i someone who works some more with like small businesses and stuff where they're like barely hanging on to the life of their like Facebook pages and stuff like Amazon live has been something that's on my radar, but I do know that it's on my agenda to check out and practice and, and use in this year. So I'm excited yeah. about it. So we've got your book highlighted down below over on Amazon. So you guys can check that out and purchase that. That would be very, very cool. It helps her out and this channel. And by the way, something else that helps us out is if you would check out our sponsors by Ecamm and you can find out more about them by going to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Desiree mentioned small businesses. Well, right now they have a great challenge that they're getting ready to start with our friend kelly uh noble mirabella it's running january 17th through the 21st that's next week and 
It's daily live streams. They start at 12 Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And each day, Kelly's going to be diving into Ecamm Live with you, answering your questions, helping you go from oh no to Ecamm Pro, which is so cool. It's got daily worksheets, checklists, and lots of help to take along the way. Uh, You want to go do this challenge, especially if you got Ecamm in your stocking this Christmas because it's going to really help you out. Go check them out at their Facebook group at Ecamm Live. It's the Facebook group. Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Ecamm Live. That's Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Ecamm Live. So make sure to go check that out. All right, Grace, this first segment. I know you're excited about this one and you're excited to talk to Desiree. So take it away. I am because I am the video content manager over at Restream. So content planning in 2022 is like my whole life. So I am so excited. <laughs> this is kind of selfishly having Desiree on for my own needs. So sounds like, need, cover, sounds like you're here to get the ideas. That's right. I am here to get the ideas and you are here to give the ideas, which I'm even excited about. So content marketing encompasses like a lot. There's so many types of content that you can create and place and share and post and follow for more, right? And many people tend to be perplexed about what we can do with content this year. You know, you, we've got so many experts saying, you got to do this, you got to do that. And it's really hard to know where to put your time and efforts, especially when you are a small business, like uh, you're mentioning that your clients tend to be. So talk to us about ways to simplify and streamline our content plans for this year so that you don't get overwhelmed or worst case, do nothing. Um, you know, give us some practical doable, viable strategies and how, what, what actions do we need to take? Well, I think the first thing that you're going to want to do is remember you don't have to be everywhere. I think it's a common misconception. Now, do I think you could have like a really aggressive and quality repurposing strategy? Absolutely. Like it'd be so easy for you guys to just take your content and put it somewhere else. But if that's more time for you, don't do it. That's why you want to pick one or two platforms that you can just absolutely crush it on and that you know your audience is there spending time with you and will engage with you. If you're trying to be in all these different places and do all these different things because some guru told you to do it, you're just going to be stuck spinning your wheels. So pick a platform that you know is working for you and just dig into what it takes to be successful there. I'm a social media marketer. I've had my agency since 2015 and I've been doing this for over 12 years and my main platform that I have chosen to give all of my time and attention to is YouTube and my Facebook page I don't post on it like I don't care about my Facebook page because my because of what I do because of where my audience is and where they come from I know that my Facebook page isn't a place for them and I so I don't really spend my time doing it do I own it and have the username claimed and all that kind of stuff yes but beyond that like I'm not interested in doing anything more than that because I know it's not working because I have the data to show it. And so I know that I'm able to get more views, more leads based on a search-based strategy with YouTube. And you have to ask yourself, what is that version of that for my business? What is best, best for my industry? Where do my audience spend time? What is the demographics of my target demographic and where are they spending their time? And then once you know that you can dig into that social network much better. Mm, great advice. So, one of this piece of advice that we hear a lot is, you know, diversify your content strategy to see which strategies have the most impact on your brand. So that's really great advice until you consider how many different types of content there are. And, and it sounds like uh, you're supposed to do everything and see what works, like throw everything up, throw it to the wall and see what sticks. But 
how do we know what works? Because Content Marketing Institute, they had this article that Grace found, how to set up a content scoring process for better decisions. And it was really cool. It had this grid and had this like balanced and actionable way to know, you know, how your content was doing what it's supposed to do. So let us talk to us about your process uh, to know whether your con- your client's content is doing what it's supposed to do. Otherwise, we're just sitting there spinning our wheels. And, you know, if we have clients, that's not going to last very long because it's not giving them results. So how do you really measure what you're doing and if it's really working? Well, that's when you have to kind of sit with the, the content calendar that you created. So, like, if we're going to talk about, like, really how we start, like our, like our zero, zero, zero here, you want to create your content calendar. Your content calendar isn't just about like knowing what to post when it's about knowing like, what are my objectives? What am I trying to do? What is my content meant to accomplish? What are, how am I capturing leads? Like, how am I, how am I tracking my sales? What is it that worked last year? What is it that kind of like, what are the things that never change like holidays and times of year? You know, everyone's business is so different. So you really need to analyze it from your perspective as an individual business, or if you are an agency or you have clients, you have to really analyze it from that business's perspective and know, okay, what is the rhythm of this business? How does this business work? When do things happen in this business? When are the important times of year? What are the reminders that we need to do? Who are these people? Like how a dentist markets their business is different than literally the restaurant that's next door to it. That's going to be totally different than like a national brand versus an e-commerce business or someone who does digital products. Like it's, they're all different. And people come to them in different ways. And they, I would think, would have the data to help them on that journey so that they can get to what they want. And they would be able to analyze that and know what's going on. Like, So when you sit with that and you have to ask yourself the question, once I know that, is like, what are my goals and objectives? Social media strategy is not just I post and I get sales. Like that's not the only measurement of success. That's often not the only thing that matters when we're talking about social media. The biggest thing about social media that makes it so different than everything else is that it's a very much a multi-purpose form of marketing. Not only are you trying to obviously get sales, which is I think every business's bottom line, but it's also about how do I get people into my lead funnel? How do I get engagement? How do I stay top of mind? What is my advertising strategy? And is that something I need to do? You know, what is my objective with social media? Unlike things like an SEO strategy, or if you're trying to do email marketing, or if you have an e-commerce website or a, a website that is focused on that, this is different. And I think that that is the thing that's important to remember when we're, when you're doing that. So the measurement for success is based off of the goals that you've set within it. And I think that that is what you have to pay attention to. And everyone's goals overall are going to be different. So real quick, a follow-up question on this. How often do you go back? Like, let's say you're setting up uh, some strategy for a client, um, how often do you go back and review it? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it, how often should we be diving into the analytics? Because sometimes you could spend all your time in analytics and never actually move forward putting out content. I think you want to look at it like on a month to month basis. I think you can get a really good idea of like how things are working for your business on a monthly basis because it gives time for you to see like what's going on. Like we say this in the YouTube space, just like you don't want to be 
obsessing about your analytics on a daily basis because it can get excruciatingly frustrating, especially if you're watching like a stock ticker. But mm -hmm. it's the same thing with when it comes to your social. If you look at it on a monthly basis, you can kind of get an idea like, okay, I have enough data. I have 30 days of data where I can see what am I posting? How is it working? What is my audience spending time? on social media, you know, because we can get that data from our backend analytics with whatever platform you use, even with just Facebook or Instagram natively, or even if you're using a third party social media management tool like Sendable or Agora Pulse, they all have reporting. And not only do they tell us what content is doing well, but they tell us about our audience. Like when are they spending time online? What is the content they're interested in? What are other kinds of pages and content they're interacting with? You know, what did best, what didn't do best? And you can really play with it and see like, what is it that is working? You know, if I'm going to be testing a text, an image and a video, which is going to perform better and then, okay, what is time of day am I testing? So it's like really giving you a good base to study this from on a monthly basis to see what's working. And then you also want to be able to analyze when you're creating your content for your upcoming month, you want to be able to review what happened the previous year. And the reason that that is important, and this is mainly from like a sales perspective, not so much a content perspective, because as we know in social media, what was working a year ago does not work today. I mean, the fact that like reels and TikTok and short form content has taken over our lives and our creating and consuming, like that wasn't the case necessarily as much last year. And so it's like, okay, but, but I do know that like, there are rhythms in every business that don't change like holidays or seasonal events that like, okay, what was it about, you know, February the 17th that resulted in such low sales? What is it about, you know, February the 21st that resulted in such high sales and like evaluating like what was going on, not only on social media, but off of social media, like what was happening in the world? What was happening in your community? Was it a holiday? Was there something that happened? Was there some big, promotion or push for something specific culturally and, and having that idea so that you can kind of apply what you're going to do next month. So as we study our previous month and we study the previous year, it allows for us to know going forward what to change and what to pay attention to. It's awesome. I like your note about the season, paying attention to the seasonality of things because different industries do have different seasonalities. They do like right now is a huge time for like the social media agencies for how to's education, business growth, like that kind of, like that is a huge, this is a huge time of year for us, but you know what, what industry is not doing well this time of year tech. Why? Because they sold all of their tech at this <laughs> right. through the holidays. Same for gaming. Gaming is not hopping right now because everyone sold their games and spent so much time binging all of these play with me through the holidays. And now we're just back to reality at the start of the year. And so like, you have to really understand like what is going on industry by industry. You cannot, there's never, there's not a single business. You never should have blanket information that you're using as like a best time to post so the kind of content that you should do any of that. It's all a really bad idea. <laughs> so Sabrina goes, uh, Des Desiree is, is preaching my social love language. So thanks for that, Sabrina. <laughs> yeah. So you're hitting on all the marks here. So that's really great. Um, but yeah, I, I, what you're saying about, because I know you've seen these too, and, and Grace and I have talked about them before, is everybody's republicans these reports of what you should do. And it's so, so many times they're not even getting the right data from the right places. Like that won't yeah. matter to your business. They're just, they're actually going in and getting stats from other marketers. You're not marketing to other marketers. You want to market to your end customer. And so it's, it gets a little 
anyway, I'll get off my high horse. Grace, you got some more questions. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. I think that Go ahead. everyone wants an easy button for everything in business. And it doesn't work that way. Like you can't, there's not an easy way to market. What works for some people, even in the same industry as you, Right. might not work for you because maybe they were first maybe there was some fluke thing maybe they did something completely crazy maybe even if you're in the same business same industry your demo might be different so you can't i think that this is where you have what you're doing that works and you have to have a budget whether it's a time budget or a financial budget for testing mm -hmm. but i don't think that you just focus on one or the other right yeah Great points. So another issue that comes up a lot when you're talking about content marketing is coming up with ideas. Now, I have been in this industry for a very long time and I've known idea people and I've known the to-do people. And <laughs> sometimes you got people that can do it both, right? But a lot of times it's just, uh, you know, it doesn't, it goes both ways. So you can either come up with so many ideas and you don't have time or resources to execute on them, or you have this fear of running out of ideas. Like crazy enough, I know people that don't want to start a show like we're doing because they're like, well, I've got like five shows in me. And I'm like, then do those five shows. And then those five, you know, like and so forth. So, what planning tools or strategy tools do you recommend or have, or have something that you've created to help marketers generate those ideas for creating like the most engaging types of content for their audiences, for their businesses? This is a very unfair advantage. I'm a creative at heart, and so, <laughs> like, I literally like my formal education is actually in multimedia art, so videography, animation you know, making things out of clay and art and drawing. So people that work with me have a very unfair advantage because I just like throw up ideas on them on a regular <laughs> constant basis. But I think like for normal people that aren't weirdos like me, the best way to figure out what to create is to consume. And it's not consuming for comparison's sake. It's not consuming even your own industry. It's you should be spending time on Instagram reels, on on Instagram in general, on Pinterest, on TikTok, in Facebook. And you should be figuring out, OK, what are content pieces that I like? And also like, OK, as I'm scrolling through these things, what are the things that people are really engaging with a lot? And so things that we want to know, like if something is engaging is how many people are commenting, how many people are emojiing or liking or hearting and how many people are sharing a piece of content. And you can know that because literally almost everything gives you that information. Um, I don't think there's single. I know that Instagram has like hidden likes for some people, but not, that hasn't even gone through for everybody either. So you can kind of get an idea like what is it that's cool and, and what is not. Then you also can see like what's trending and trending is the biggest way to stay relevant nowadays. There are so many different like audio clips that are really popular. And this is like the main thing that's trending, honestly, are these short form audio clips that you can use to capitalize on with your brand. So for example, and we're even coming out of this trend, but the Encanto uh, soundtrack mm -hmm. has been massive. And so everywhere you go on like TikTok, it's like, you know, we don't talk about Bruno, right? <laughs> everywhere you yeah. go. And then people who are or analyzing Bruno. and they're talking about it or the surface pressure song, which is like the anthem for oldest children everywhere and overachievers. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, and so everyone's using these, these audio clips as a part of what they're doing. And it's not using the audio clip and like singing to it or dancing to it or even reacting to it it's using the audio and applying kind of like the base 
principle of that content piece and changing it and adapting it for your business. So if I was to talk about like surface, so as a video creator, and I know that my objective in 2022 is to teach people about video and make it easy for them as small business and service-based providers. So if I want to talk about this using the surface pressure song, I would have the song playing and I probably would have like something on the screen that's like a text, like my face would be nervous. I'd be like going back and forth, like, like really frustrated. And it would be and like, my captions would be like me feeling too much pressure to hit record, you know? And it's like, it's how can you reply that? And then like, you know, see the captions for how you get over this, you know, it's kind of that idea. Like how can I use a trend to tie it in to my messaging and my overall objective with my content? And so, that is, I think the best thing that we can do for creativity right now is like study what's working, track what's trending, and then try and apply those principles to your own content to see what is working or not. It's finding that also that really fine line of copying versus being inspired by. Mm-hmm. That's really, so I just have finished the book, uh, uh, getting ideas to happen or something, but it's a guy who did Behance and he talked about, um, how important it is to, like you were saying, consume content, but then also taking that and, and using that to, you know, what you were saying, not copy, but to be inspired. Eric Fisher, a couple of weeks ago, when we had him on talking about productivity tips, he said, uh, letting your brain breathe and the importance of yeah. that. So if you haven't watched that episode, make sure you guys go back and, and watch or listen to that because it was really, really good with productivity for this new year. So I thought that those, what you just said, uh, Desiree, is really important is getting those, setting aside time during your day to actually go and research what you're creating content for. Like the, if you're named Bruno, man, your life is awful right now because... You're not supposed to talk to you, and no one will come up to you because your name is Bruno. Bruno. Yeah, I know. I was like, "What?" Okay, we have to take a moment and someone at Disney doesn't like like, Bruno. Doesn't like Bruno because like their last movie was like the Silencio Bruno, Bruno. and then like this whole song, and it's it's like the number one charts right now. Like it hit like the top charts. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, the it's a the sound the Encanto soundtrack is number one on Billboard is like Hot 100, and I think that Surface Pressure is like number five, and that we don't talk about Bruno is like in the top three. It's very fascinating because it's you know it's a quote unquote movie for kids, but it's just these catchy Danette Lin Manuel like you just know how to get in our brain. And it didn't really take (laughs) off when it first was in theaters, and then it went to Disney Plus. And the interesting thing is the movie is kind of meh, but the but TikTok has taken that and it became a thing. And that's why I think it's on the on the top uh, parts of the, of the, the charts. So I want to bring up some comments. Um, like Gary says, focusing on SEO with our content has been getting us the uh, uh, results. So spending more time on articles going long. So he's been doing research and finding out like this is what's working for his industry and mm-hmm. making longer articles. So that's, you know, doing research is super important. And then um, let's see here. Uh, Sabrina says she really liked your quote. The best way to create is to consume. So the important thing is, Sabrina, and you know, this is not spending all day going to the, down the TikTok rabbit hole, which those algorithm people there are it is just, so much easier uh, said than done. For it sure. Is, it is. So. All right. So let's move on to uh, video content marketing, which is. Um, one of my favorite things. I know it's Desiree is one of her favorite things too. So Grace, uh, take uh, this section away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful segue into this talking about video marketing because Desiree, if you haven't noticed is a video expert, video creator and an expert video marketer. And so we're excited to get her insights on what do we need to know 
uh, as we're planning video content in, like going forward into this year, what are some of the key strategies and trends? You, you know, we, we touched on like the TikTok trends and those viral music, but what other things should business know when it comes to creating compelling video, audio, and these multimedia experiences? Because that's what it is, is creating these experiences. You know, first things first, you're not going to be any good at this. <laughs> you're not. One of my favorite phrases, which is why it's the title of my book, you have to start, you have to suck, and then you have to get better. Let me tell you guys about my first video when I decided I'm going to be a YouTuber. We lived in South Korea. I, I got on YouTube because I needed a way to get leads to my agency. For My, uh, my agency puts military spouses to work as social media managers, and, and we got orders as a military family to move to Korea. It would have been around like the two-year mark of my agency. I'm like, I got to have a way to get leads. So I keep putting these military spouses to work. I'm like, YouTube is going to be my answer. And so my first video I got on, and I was giving content ideas for the month of August. Here are some content ideas that help you on what to post this month. And I our houses so first of all korea is a peninsula that's incredibly humid and incredibly hot and the housing by default does not have there's no central air conditioning rules are individually cooled as needed and so i'm in this bedroom that i made like my office and i am sweating profusely and it is like really gross i put on way too much makeup it's like way too dark so it's also kind of like running i'm getting more and more shiny as this video goes on and i have like on a tank top and you can see my bra because nothing is more professional than that in this world <laughs> and then on top of it i am using a laptop and a, a, a web camera which i don't i don't say not to the fact this web camera i'm using for our talk is the exact same web camera i use and i had it on my computer though like mounted and i'm a hand talker and if you're watching this you can kind of see this and i'm like hitting my desk and like it's shaking the camera. So it is a hot mess. All right. And I just did not have that in me. Like to, the, the, the information was solid. It just the delivery wasn't as good as it could have been. And, and definitely the presentation was as good. It's a little bit echoey and my background's all weird. Like it's a whole thing. But I did it. I started and I sucked real bad. And, but I kept showing up and I kept sucking. And like once I hit like probably the 75 to 100 video mark, I hit a stride. Like, okay, this is a quality I can maintain that is not complicated, but also doesn't make me look like a complete noob in this. But as I was doing it, I got a following. It was slow and super steady and it was exhausting at times because I'm seeing like these, these channels you know, at the time, like Social Media Examiner was like doing like the journey. I was watching all these YouTubers who were growing like Nick Nimmin and, and you know, the VidIQ channel, the Two Buddy channel, like all these people that were crushing it. And I'm like, why is this taking me so long? But it's just like, you know, I had to really ask myself a lot of questions. Like, it's like, okay, first of all, it's okay. My quality is good and I'm solving problems for people. Two, this is going to take time because I'm a resource channel where people are coming to me for individual problems to solve and i don't have a massive audience existing to draw from i am using my youtube channel to build an audience and to build an email list now social media examiner had hundreds of thousands of people on email that they could send the journey to every week like i did not have that and so it's just kind of one of those things it's like it, it's with massive things so you have to go into this raw and new and sucktastic so that <laughs> you can get better like that's the only way that you can do it. and i always want to remind people of this. this is so hard for us as professionals once you to remember what it was like at your first job even your first job like in your your chosen profession like how good were you at it 
like how did you did you know what you were doing were you scared out of your mind were you overly confident and then like got like you know knocked down a few pegs real real fast did you maybe get put on probation for some reason because you just weren't doing something right or you're pissing people off i am totally speaking from experiences with these examples and so it's just one of those things it's like you're supposed to suck at something you do for the first time and you're gonna get better and the only way to get better is to start and to learn and to improve so like when we're talking about video whether it is these simple little quick 15 minute TikTok videos, or if we're trying to do like a long form search-based SEO strategy based video content for YouTube, which is what I'm going to encourage you to do in our talk, you're going to have to have those rough videos to get you started. Totally been there. Totally have done that. I have a story where oh, I yeah. finally cashed in all my chips and I uh, had Guy Kawasaki on, who was like the big deal for me, you know, work for Apple, da, 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 da. And I'm getting ready to go live and I hit my, my, cup of water it was actually a water bottle and the whole water the thing fell out and went right in my lap and we're live and i'm like had a wet crotch the entire time with my guy kawasaki interview and it shows on my face so i've been there and, I, and it sucks and it's horrible but you're right you have to embrace the suck and move through it and and go to that so on one of the things um i want to talk about really really quickly i'm going to throw a little audible in there is why did you go all in on youtube and not facebook we kind of on in before we got started on live we talked about why you like now you're gonna mess with youtube i mean not gonna mess with facebook why did you go there facebook at its core like i got on facebook when you could only get it with the college email mm -hmm. i remember i got on because i was fortunate enough to do a study abroad program in rome and my roommates were all from the east coast and i was from the west coast and they were like you have to get on facebook myspace is so lame and I was like, okay, let me check this out. So my entire first month of posting on Facebook was like my adventures around Rome, the places that I've been while I was there, Italy won the world cup. So we were drunk for three days and it was just like, this is what I was doing on it. And I was connecting with my friends. A lot of me have places to connect with my friends from my, from my program. And then like later my friends from college shortly after that, like my family got on board and then like my friends from high school started like showing up. And when I started networking and like when, and, and how I got into social media marketing, it was like teaching adults and we are quoting here adults what Facebook was and how they could use it for their businesses. I was like 23 when that all happened, 24. And, you know, someone said, Desiree, you should use it for a business. And I'm like, no one's going to pay me to be on Facebook. And, you know, I eat my words every day. But now, you know, what is it, 15 years since I have been on this platform, that's what it still is all about. It's about connecting with your friends and your family and sharing your journeys. And I think that we went through this really aggressive period I think probably from like 2010 to like 2017, where it was very much like, let's just get our brands in front of people. And that's why people started not liking the platform as much. And Facebook started making all these changes to make it harder for pages to have a presence. And they're like, you know what? Our users care more about our people and uh, from their individual relationships and advertising. Well, it's a foundation of how we make money. People need to pay to be in front of these people. And it slowly started to have this transition and they've tried to adopt and, and take different things. Like they acquired Instagram, they've acquired WhatsApp. You know, they're doing this whole thing with Meta now. They're doing all this stuff with Oculus Rift. It's this, this future. And there's gonna be a lot of things we still have to pay attention to. And if I was to do anything from a business perspective with Facebook, I think that has incredible value. I think it's Facebook groups. However, mm -hmm. like we've been talking about, that's what works for my business my industry, my people, people who are on Facebook 
are there to hang out and, and connect in the groups and do these very specific things. Because of how I get my leads for my business, because of how I know things work, because of my literal five years of, or my six years of having my agency and my four years of being on YouTube, I know where my leads come from. And I've done the time. I've tried going all in on Facebook. I've had a live show. I've done all of the things. And my conclusion within that is like people are not interested in learning about social media from me on Facebook. They want to do it on YouTube because YouTube is where they can search for their problems. And I can show up as a solution. Facebook is where like we build relationships and continue to have engagement. And I would rather do that from my personal profile than my business page. See, I think that's super smart. And one of the reasons we go live everywhere with tools like Ecamm and Restream is it allows us to, you know, go there. Because to me, it's not just giving information. I also love to build community. Like I love seeing Sabrina yeah. in here every week and Gary and Robert uh, Lee's here and Dustin always shows up, even if he just waves his hand. I mean, so I love that about uh, kind of getting the mix of all that stuff. So that being said, I want to talk and a little bit more, and we've kind of teased at the beginning of the show. I want to talk about live shopping because I really like it. And I think it's not just over on Amazon live, which we are over there. And by the way, you can get Desiree's book right underneath here if you want to, but it's been a big topic. If you look at all the, you know, the predictions, everybody's talking about live shopping, not just on Amazon, but also, you know, Instagram's planning on doing something, you know, uh, Facebook for sure, all this stuff. So according to Business Insider, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, they've all recently launched this a bunch of social e-commerce tools. Uh, so this is great for influencers. It's more revenue opportunities. It's ways to connect with fans. So I would love for you to talk to us about how live shopping fits into a video marketing strategy that, you know, like anyone can implement, you know, if they're an influencer or not. But you know, what do retailers, store, store owners or solopreneurs need to do to kind of implement live video shopping in their strategy? You know, for me, when I think of shopping, I think the people that it works best for is it's people that have a product of some kind. Like even me as a service-based business, the only product, physical, tangible product I have is my book. And I, you can, I think, have some different shopping, like if I have digital tools that I'm selling or if I want to find a way to sell my packages, or like my, my YouTube mastermind that I'm launching. Like if I want to do that through the shopping experience, but I really think that the best place, like the best way to do start shopping and to start with shopping is to use the native tools. Every single platform has a native way to shop. We've got it with Instagram. We have with TikTok. We have with Facebook. You can set up your store, no matter what kind of product or service you sell and allows for people to learn about it, click on it and potentially buy it right then and there. And so when it comes to the live shopping aspect of it, it's really just an extension of that. I don't think that you should do live shopping without setting up a store that's going to, that's designed for you to sell. So like with my Amazon uh, shopping page, I have a lot of like, I group together products to help you with stuff like, you know, like a basic live streaming set, a basic recording set. Every books I think that every video creator needs to read. And I have those on there, but I'm also in the video, the video influencer program as well. And I'm just creating videos, reviewing everything I own in my home, which I'm pretty sure is 80% bought off of Amazon uh, and I, or can be found on Amazon uh, because it's just a way for me to add revenue into my business. And like, for example, like this, like this makeup kit, like I wore this eyeshadow today. They got to watch me put it on because I did it right before I left you. I did a whole product review about this because it's something that I use. It's not thing to do with what I do, but it's a way for me right. to add more value to that product. And so that's the other part of it. If you have a product, 
get it in the hands of people that have an audience people do buy and shop from so that you can get it. I, I talk about this with YouTube when I educate people and like when it comes to YouTube from a product based perspective, like a Spanx, Spanx is the example that I love to use. Spanx has a terrible YouTube channel. Terrible. It's basically just a dumping ground for like their media spots. They don't even have like a cover at the top, nothing. But everyone knows what Spanx is, right? And when you go search Spanx on YouTube, they have thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of people talking about it. And they're building because their audience trusts them because they're going to be the people that they go to for body, you know, for shapewear. Like this is the person I trust for shapewear. I might not trust, you know, this gamer over here talks about shapewear, but I'm gonna trust this person who has a body type like mine that I've been following for a while. And I'm gonna buy what she says is good, and that's how you, that's how like influencer marketing works. So that's I think how live streaming works or live shopping will work also as well within that. So set up your shops first and foremost on all the platforms that you want that people are on that you are on. People are on so they can buy from you very easily and tag very easily and just hit buy very easy, especially with Instagram. And then, you know, figure out like, hey, how do I, how can I get my product in front of people who already have an audience that, that will buy this product from it or this service from it? And then ask yourself, is doing it myself necessary? And if it is, then do it. So real quickly, I want to talk about, because I know a lot of merch is huge on YouTube. Like when we talk merch, we're like people are selling t-shirts and gamers and even all that stuff. So how big do you need to be to be to, before you start offering merch to yeah. your audience or should you not even worry about it until you get to a certain level? What are your thoughts on like merch? Cause it seems like everybody has to sell merch on YouTube. I think it just depends again on your audience. Again, I have a how to channel that is very focused on like how to solve people's problems. So like on YouTube, we have a, a reach graph and it shows us our audience and it tells us basically how many new viewers are we getting and how many repeat viewers are we getting? I think if your lines are touching each other, like they're close together, you should open up a merch store. If yours are far mm -hmm. apart, like where you have, like in my case, I have a lot of new viewers and I have a very low number of return viewers. I do not have a merch shop because my audience knows my channel exists to be a resource, but community is like, you know, um, gone to the snow dogs or, you know, someone like Jessica Stansberry who has built this mm -hmm. really thriving community around, um, being like, uh, getting money, like very women based and helping them create money for their life, no matter where they are. Uh, you know, um, Amy Schmidtower Landino, like she has her products and everything that she's listed on there. There's certain, I think, milestones that you get to, like usually with people over 100,000 subscribers and they have certain numbers that they're hitting, they can have success with those sorts of things. It depends on, I think, how personal a relationship you are that you have with your audience. It allows for them to like understand inside jokes and things like that. Like Swoop did a really funny thing where she was like she had gotten a video demonetized because of how she was talking about YouTube or something like that. And so rather than saying YouTube, she would say the duck. And then like whenever she wanted to swear, she would say the pear. And so she created this whole like this line of like duck and pear, right. <laughs> like duck, duck the pear. And it was very funny. And it was just this whole like it's an inside joke for her community. So it really I think depends on the kind of channel you are, the kind of brand you are that's creating stuff. I have found that merch sells best and people have a personal, personal relationship with the creator. And that usually tends to be based on the kind of content that they have. So for people who make a vlog channel, who are entertaining, bringing people into their life, they've built this personal connection. So they are more likely to buy from them.
That's a great point. Yeah. In fact, um, so Gary has this great point that I want to bring up. Gary is one of our community members. He's here almost every week. He goes, I was talking to a business owner who runs a hair products brand yesterday. She has grown a 725,000 follower Instagram channel through, through community content. So I... I'm all about community. I hope the, the people who are in the community realize that. I love seeing uh, our fans and our friends here. Uh, they're amazing. Uh, one of the things I've talked about him a lot is Lou Mangiello. He does the Disney stuff, and he's got T-shirts and stuff, and they do. They rally around him. He raises mm-hmm. money for Make-A-Wish. He's, I think he's raised $250,000 uh, for his Make-A-Wish uh, team, and so it's just amazing. I have my, I have my favorite product. Okay. Are you, are you, okay. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. Ready. Right. Okay, so it's my favorite creator product. Okay. Lad, Lad Baby. I have been following Lad Baby since he went yes. viral from creating this baby product. It was like his wife wants so the, 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 the joke with how he got viral is his wife kept asking him to go buy these things that he didn't want to pay that much money for. He's okay. like, I could make this cheaper because they, they were in the budget phase of, mm-hmm. of their life. And so <laughs> I've been following him for years. Well, from his following, he's a UK creator. He talks, he's upset. Like his whole brand is like sausage rolls and he's got two kids and his whole wife gets in on it. It's this whole fun thing. My favorite product of theirs is every year for Christmas, they do a Christmas song. And it started off as this joke, not a joke. It was a well-intended thing. So in the UK, they have this thing called the Christmas number one. New Christmas songs come out every year, and then they like you, you. They fight for the number one spot, and this nobody content influencer creator decided to create a Christmas song about sausage rolls, and <laughs> sell it for Christmas. And all of the proceeds went to the food banks in the UK to help families in need because they had this like one in four kids in the UK doesn't get enough to eat and they rely on these food banks to get in, but they struggle with money and funding. And so they sold this song like on iTunes and all the proceeds, all the profits went to this charity. And because it's for a good cause and because it's hilarious as a creator, he got the number one Christmas song over like famous people. So he just broke a record bringing the first art artist, I'm here quoting, to hit the number one four years in a row. He makes a new song every year about Christmas and sausage rolls and does it. And this year he got Ed Sheridan and Elton John to partner with him on it. And all the money that they down, all the money that goes to that same food bank every year is my favorite creator product ever because it's the underdog story. It's for a good cause. And it's so ridiculously on brand. And it, it's it's untangible and all that kind of stuff, but I love it. It's like it's hands down my favorite creator product, and that's the kind of stuff I think that we as content creators are able to do because we have these awesome communities that we build that we can do things with and sell to and grow. That's why community is so important. And community doesn't have to be a Facebook group. Community doesn't have yeah. to be a Patreon. Right. My community is in my email. I have an email list of almost fifteen thousand people that I email, and our last email that we sent got over 50% open rate. All right. Yeah. So like, that's, that's how I know yeah. I'm giving great value to yeah. my audience because they know what to expect from me and they know I'm going to help them and they're helping me earn money 
in an unconventional way, they don't even realize it. Just by watching my videos, they help me make money because of AdSense. You know, by me being able to per- promote my book to my list and they buy my book, it helps me make money. And then like when I launch things or like I do um, a live stream or I'm speaking somewhere, especially virtually, or like when I launch a product, like I am, I am launching a YouTube masterclass or a, a mastermind. I know that people from my list will join it and click on it and check it out because they know who I am and where they came from and how they've connected with me. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love see- that story for two reasons. One, it's an awesome, awesome story. And two, I think it is a message out there for all the people that say, I can't make money on the thing that I love. Like I love to do this thing, but I can't make money off of it. You will find a way. And I love that this is involves Christmas and sausage rolls, which are my two <laughs> favorite things as well. So, you know, <laughs> there we go. I've so- never heard of a sausage. I never heard of sausage rolls until I, I, I need to ask Ian thought. about it's that. He's a very- vegetarian. Yeah, he's a vegetarian. It's like a, I think it's a British thing more than like a thing that we know commonly in the States. I, I've never seen one. I've looked for them. but East Texas, I, we have I, kolaches, which have sausage in a roll. So I don't know. Maybe we just up, call up in the, different thing. Up north, up north in Michigan, we have kolaches too, but it's like um, a sweet treat. It's like got nuts and, and stuff in it and it's sprinkled in brown sugar and uh, powdered wow. sugar. See? So it's. You learn something new every every day. That's why we love our community here. And so I, I love yeah. stories about community. Um, I love the that story that you shared with us, Desiree, because that's just – I love that the underdog story and the creators can really make difference a difference with their community. Um, speaking of community, I, I have to mention uh, the great community over at Ecamm who sponsors this show, who makes it happen that we are able to spend this time with all you great folks here in the comments. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. That's socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Make sure you check out their training. Uh, they do a great job with community with Doc Rock over there and Katie and all the all the, the two owners. They're amazing. So make sure you guys go check that out as well. So our last section, we're going to be talking about leveraging video content offline. And, and this was interesting. And we wanted to bring this up because last week, TikTok announced a partnership with this company called Atmosphere, which streams curated video content in commercial spaces like waiting rooms, gyms and restaurants, all places that we want to go back to really, really quickly. Uh, but together, these companies have developed a dedicated t- a TikTok channel that tries to capture the best of the app viewing experience while catering to the out of the home format. So what they're talking about is by partnering with the atmosphere, uh, they're excited to make this this experience by bringing people together with joy and creativity and all this stuff, which is really interesting. And this is from uh, TikTok's Dan Page. So, you know, what does it take to transform social media content into something that can exist and make actually sense and make you some money um, out offline. Um, I know Lou does a thing with, you know, he has his momentum group, which is an event. So uh, in-person things that people can go to and even TV. Now I'm wondering like, do those creators get paid that are making stuff for this offline stuff? So talk to us a little bit about how small businesses can connect its brand social content to like shared offline experiences. Do you have any examples or anything that you've seen, somebody you've seen be successful at this? There's a lot of different ways to do this, but honestly, there's not a lot. 
I think I should say that there are not a lot of ways to do this. I think unless you get really creative, the best way to take something from the digital, the digital, the digital world into <laughs> the real world is usually through like an event of some kind. Mm -hmm. So whether that is a like for example, um, Daryl Leaves. Daryl yeah. Leaves is was one is like the OG YouTube educator. Amazing, and he is and he's got this point in his branding where he works on. He's like a, an investor in the Chosen series, which is another offline kind of way that he's done it. Uh, he's been able to work with advertising companies like the Harmon Brothers for years. The Harmon Brothers have made like the Squatty Potty, the Purple Mattress, like all of the really hilarious viral ads that we see started from them. And now he is like the exclusive like YouTube advisor for Mr. Beast. It's one of those things like what he's been able to do is take on. But what his big thing is like how and this started like seven, eight years ago is he created Vid Summit. Vid Summit is a video marketing conference just for youtubers and content creators they can go they can network they can connect with brands and they can learn from their fellow creators about how they're growing their businesses and making money and i think that that's like how you can like have that kind of a shift what's also great about growth and money is like when you are using social media and you're getting more money and you're getting more influence and you're getting more reach it's going to give you other opportunities so for another example is dr mike dr mike is a youtuber and now a TikToker who has over 5 million subscribers on YouTube. And he is literally an ER doctor. Like he's a literal ER doctor. And he just announced that he's going to be doing a nationwide tour where he gets to go and meet people and answer people's medical questions and, and meet with his fans, his audience. He's taking his digital world and going in person. And so it's like these kind of things where you can take your brand in person because we're building these strong digital communities and build these strong digital relationships. Like, why don't you think about this? How many people do you know that you've never met in person? Like I know Jeff, I've never one time I met him at social media marketing world. <laughs> like, but beyond that, like right. I've never like spent time with them, but we spent time every week together on social media together, commenting, interacting in the right. same communities. And we know who the other one is. I hadn't met, um, you know, the majority of the people that we know in our social media marketing space in person until like we have these like annual events like social media marketing world or vid summit or, or things like that. And so being able to take things in person is like a huge, huge accomplishment. I think that being able to take your brand and make it into a tangible product is also really helpful. So again, having merch, mm -hmm. having a book, you know, having like a kit of something to do again, Amy Landino, um, she's done that. She has, she started her with her book vlog, like a boss, which is how I got into YouTube. And now she's evolved and she has, you know, good morning, good life, which is her book, her manual to help you start your day for success and, and, and let it go on your terms. And she's created a planner from it, you know, and, and this is like those kinds of things that you can do to take things into a real world situation. So I think the best ways to take a digital something or other is to make it in person events and things and like, i guess you kind of even argue retail stores and restaurants you're like hey look at how amazing this food looks come eat it with us or hey look at this product if you want one come into the store and buy one and then also as digital creators creating something tangible for people to consume so one of the things I, i'd say that you don't have to have a million youtube followers to create a, an event or a mastermind i know a lot of people who are making tons of money who are really good at their job who have created a mastermind and are killing it there and using the, uh, and developing their community that way. So don't think like, Oh, I've got to wait till I get a million YouTube subscribers or a hundred thousand or whatever. If you have a, uh, a message and you are excellent at what you do, you can take this and make it an offline event. Yeah. Well, for me, when I think about it, like, 
even my stuff. I use YouTube as a way to get leads to my business, to my agency. So that's another way I'm, 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 I'm taking things from a public digital space into a virtual, like a one-on-one -on -one digital space, like through email and all that kind of stuff. But it's just kind of one of those things that, that you're able to do so much. And I've been doing this since I've had less than a thousand subscribers on my YouTube channel, because I showed up, I gave value and I was myself. And that's how I like build the foundation of what I'm doing with everything when it comes to content. I show up, I give value and I'm be myself. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. I talk too fast for most people. And you know, I, and people, I tell people all the time, like, Oh, you talk too fast. I'm like, I'm sorry. You can either slow down the video or you listen too slow. Like those are like your only options with me <laughs> because I've got a lot to say in a very short amount of time. So and I'm even like, so I was, I was just going to ask you really quickly because we have just a few minutes left. I want to have some time for you to tell everybody where to find you. But what's the best advice you could give somebody who wants to nurture a community? And not in a skeevy way, like I want to get all these people to sign up to Amway or whatever. Sorry if you're an Amway, yeah. I didn't mean it like that. But you know what I mean, those pyramid schemes. You don't, you're not trying to capitalize evilly on your friends and people who sign up underneath you. I mean, really foster and nurture community. What is some advice you have for that? Show up, give value, be yourself. Like that's really the best thing that you can do. You have to be consistent. You have to show up, you have to be there. You have to answer questions. You have to give in order to get. Like way back in the day, like 2013, Gary Vee wrote his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook. And that's really what's up. It's like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna punch him and punch and then I'm gonna like come in and swing. And that's like when I ask, I do my ask. So I give value to my audience every week with two to three videos a week. And I show up every week in their email with value where I'm not only sharing with them the videos that I have, I have like events that they can check out. I offer them social media news and trends that they can find a way to capitalize on for the business. I'm just trying to make their life easier. That way, when I ask for something, not only are they opening the email, but they know that whatever I'm going to give them is going to support that as well. So that's the best thing I think that anyone can do when they're trying to nurture and build the community. So for our community, the ask that I am going to give is that you guys would all go follow uh, Desiree at, at allinonesocialmedia.com. Get her book. Uh, you can see that on Amazon. You can go and check that out there. But I would, I, that would be a great thing that you could do uh, to help me out, to help her out. So if you guys would do that. I would be appreciated. Follow her everywhere. Desiree, what, what else do you have cooking? You keep mentioning this, this um, YouTube course you got coming. What are some other things that you got coming up? Or where would you like people to find out and follow you and, and download all the things? Best place that you can find me and what I'm doing and support me is just go to my YouTube channel. You can find it on YouTube at all in one social media. Like I try to keep it all within that house. I'm trying to offer like, if you need a video, if you want to know how something is made, please comment and tell me so I can get that done for you. And then, um, you know, just pay, get on the email list. And like I offer, um, freebies in every single video to help you on your social media journey, whether it's content planning, list of videos that you should make, you know, uh, live streaming overlays. I'm just trying to make your life as easy as possible. And then we can stay connected through the email. And then I can tell you when I'm doing things like free speaking events or um, joining my YouTube uh, mastermind that I've been launching in February. Awesome. And uh, one of the things I love our community, I want to have Gary, I love our community so much. Gary says uh, he loves sausage rolls. Yes, it's British eat the with HP sauce. I don't know what HP sauce. I'm a little scared to ask, but Gary, I would love to know what that is. And he also said lots of gems today, guys. Thank you. And also Shalala production says great show today, guys. Appreciate you being here as well. Grace, as always, just amazing job producing the show. Where could people find the amazing Grace Duffy? I am here every week with Jeff. 
hopefully providing value and good content and i love bringing this show to you every single week i'm also over at restream i'm their video content manager and we are deep in our content plan so we have a lot of things uh coming up over the next year so i'm very excited about that but please come back and join us again here next week i will be here jeff will be here i don't know who else is going to be here hopefully all of you got some good people coming so (laughs) and yes thank you we're also a podcast we'd love for you guys to whatever podcast player you're listening to at spotify uh, Apple, Google, wherever, we'd love for you guys to leave a, a rating review that really helps us out. And with that, oh, last comment. Are you on Amazon? Are you on the Amazon podcast? If you're live on Amazon. I am. I actually, you can Amazon? actually subscribe to Amazon Play over on Amazon Live just by clicking down below. Thank you for reminding me of that, Desiree. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Sabrina says, Desiree is totally off the hook. Uh, she's uh, She's an instant fan forever. Thanks, Sabrina. Okay, thank you, you are amazing, Sabrina. And with that, we'll let you guys go. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much. Love all of you. Talk to you later. Bye now. Social Media News Live.